Hey everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is all about mental health empowerment. Today on the show, um, it's I mean, we're going to kind of go back to a little bit of the old ways at the moment, where this episode becomes a little bit more of a audio diary of my thoughts and what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus. Um, I think it's important to take a moment to stop and acknowledge what's happening, uh, kind of share where my thought process is. And it's not just about doom and gloom and sharing raw emotions and about, you know, emotional masturbation or something like that, but um, sort of just talk about what's going on right now, the good, the bad, um, how I'm processing it and how we're processing it, Molly as well. And, um, where we can kind of go from here and how to sort of start to accept that the world's not going to be the same, nor will it ever be depending on a moment and things that happen. Like that's just the nature of, of life. Uh, so it's just, just kind of a warning. It, It might be a little bit of a heavy episode just because I'm being honest about my thoughts and stuff, but that's kind of why we're here, right? (laughs) This is about being honest and direct and, um, this is what this show is about. So I hope you'll uh, stick with us as we hit the button and do the thing here on Dopamine. Let's go. Drums, please. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Aaron Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. All right, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Hope you're doing okay. Hope hope you're um, doing the best you can in this moment. Um, because that's really the best that we can do in this moment is, is, is just do the best we can. I, I stick by that mantra all the time. But the best that we can do is always shifting and changing. So I hope that you're just doing the best that you can. And that's totally okay. Um, now is a time where we have to give each other a lot of self-care, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of expectation management. Because there is just, it's a pandemic. 
the entire world is affected right now, and the U.S. is affected uh, exponentially, which is uh, really intense. I'm in upstate New York. I'm not in New York City. Um, right now, there are some cases up here in Monroe County, and it's a little bit scary. We've been basically on self-isolation for a few weeks. Um, really, once I heard rumblings of what was happening around the world, um, I was pretty much just preparing for this to be the case. Isolation um, for weeks and figuring out what's going to happen. So we've been somewhat prepared. We're, we're not the best... We're not in the best financial position, so we've had to go out and do groceries every 10 days or so. I've been lucky to have help from my parents in terms of financially for, for some groceries, so that's been a really, really big help. But, uh, you know, buying groceries for two people is hard. I, I feel for people who have to buy for families and, and for a, a lot of bigger situations. Um, also to note real quick, like I'm just doing this on my phone and I'm in my kitchen and there's people doing some construction downstairs. So there might be some background noise, just, just a heads up. So I, I wanted to do this episode because I, it's really hard to, uh, it's really hard for me to get out my complete thoughts. I'm doing it on Twitter. I'm doing it on Facebook and stuff like that, but, um, Molly and I, we talk about everything, but it's also hard as partners to put everything on each other. That's just not fair to do. And we talk about what's going on in the world. We hold space for each other as much as we can, but we're not each other's therapists. I don't currently have a therapist. She does, and which is great for her. Um, but it's also not fair for me to put more on her than she needs. So it's extra important for me to find my own method of doing so. And this is really my method of doing so, of kind of expressing and sharing what's going on, what I'm scared about, what I'm worried about. Um, I think for me, I've never really been, I'm not afraid of death anywhere near as I used to be. I think I've had a really long relationship with death in my life since I was 11 or 12 with, you know, knowing about my mental health and such that I, I'm, I'm afraid of not existing anymore, but I'm not afraid of the death process. Um, and, uh, suffering is not great either, but I also subscribe to, you know, optimism being the sense that suffering is not going to last forever. And I know that this and any kind of suffering is not going to last forever. Even if that unfortunately ends in death, the suffering is not the problem. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to not exist anymore. Uh, that's an existential human challenge, uh, reality, really. And, um, you know, there's, there's fear of that. And I think fear is, is, is perpetuated by the unknown, which is why I think it is important to know what's going on. Um, but to be aware of your sources, where you're getting information from, and not just a single source. I'm not here to make it a political thing and say one source is the wrong source so much as to keep your ear to the ground, keep aware of what's happening, but not indulge in it either. Um, somebody on Facebook put once that um, and said really eloquently, eloquently, eloquently or elegantly, whatever, <laughs> probably eloquent is the right word, but uh, she said that if you're indulging 
you're if, if you're continuing to feed on the news and that's all you're doing nonstop, then you're just indulging in it. And in the same way that you're indulging in like reality TV or something that is like, you know, it's like a morbid curiosity. It's like watching a car crash and you're like seeing what's happening, um, even though there's no reason really logically to see what's happening other than putting ourselves in that position and sort of playing a fantasy role of like, oh my God, what if that was me? And that sort of perpetuates anxiety and makes things kind of worse. And there's something about that stress feeling, that anxiety feeling that is like, once you're in it, it's like, it's like being, being in boiling water. Like it kind of feels good, right? Like it feels good to be in a sauna, but if you keep turning up the heat, you're going to start cooking. <laughs> um, so it's like making sure to check in with what's going on, but also not indulging in it, I think is incredibly important. Um, so I've been trying to do my best because especially early on, I was just absorbing information left and right because that's my my dominant you know, personality strength is introverted thinking is collecting as much information as possible. But there comes a point where you get a sense of the trajectory, you get a sense of what's going on, you get a sense of what's happening in the world, and you start to slip into the place of, of getting involved in opinions in speculation in, um, you know, in, in sort of hateful rhetoric, uh, you get into the space of seeing everyone's panic and seeing everyone's anxiety, whether that's through Twitter or Facebook or wherever, and feeding off of everyone's emotions, especially as a highly sensitive person, it's incredibly important uh, right now to especially protect yourself against that because it doesn't do you any good. It's not helping you to continue to harbor everyone's emotional experience. And this is not a call to just keep everything light and positive, though that's that's important as well. It's basically what I want to say is that that every emotion, everything that's going on in the world right now is overwhelming and it's inundating in the sense that it's harder to have control over our natural rhythms. Like we can't just lend ourselves to the roller coaster ride at the moment. That's sort of the the beauty and the power of consciousness of being able to have the ability to control our behaviors in that we can control our thoughts and feelings based on what we're consuming and what we're approaching, right? So I subscribe fully to the idea that we can't change our thoughts and feelings, but we can change our exposure, we can change our behavior. And right now, there's not as much of a natural ebb and flow of, of good and bad feelings, or I should say difficult or easy feelings, um, or it's not as easy to go through the natural rhythms in our lives. A lot of us are stuck inside when we're not used to being inside. Um, and even introverts who love being inside are spending more time inside than they should. And being able to find that natural rhythm is a challenge. I just put up an article on our website at dopamine.life about the introverts guide to being alone or to alone time. And uh, it's good for extroverts to go check out as well because while there's a lot of articles and jokes about introverts, have, you know, being in their prime right now, <laughs> uh, it is also very possible for introverts to spend too much time alone. So that means that introverts are going to have to spend extra energy 
to put themselves out there. They're not going to have as much of a compulsion to connect and to reach out to people or to play and have fun with other people. Uh, the same thing for extroverts. While there's the compulsion, the compulsion to slow everything down and to like completely stop or to stop too much in a way that lets their thoughts and feelings, uh, you know, can dictate their, you know, next actions and behaviors. Uh, it's, it's a challenge to manage all of those things. So the one thing that we do have control over, the thing that we assign free will to is behavior. And, you know, that means that if you need to ease off the gas pedal and allow yourself to play video games to get your mind off of things, that's okay. If you need to figure something out and, um, you know, uh, do a little bit more research into like what the virus is and what's going on and which doctors to trust and things like that, like that's okay too. You can do that work. That's totally fine. But again, it's about balance. It's about taking the deliberate action to define and create your own roller coaster amidst all of this, in a sense. Um, that's kind of what I'm having to do. I'm having to take my foot off the gas pedal because all I ever do is work, especially when I'm inside. I do a ton of work. I'm always tinkering on the website. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing videos. I'm thinking about things constantly in terms of the next topics. And I was trying to approach this coronavirus challenge with the, the, the sort of an indirect sort of evergreen perspective. But right now, I think for me as well, this is what I need to do is to express what I'm experiencing, put it out there, provide support, and uh, be there for you guys as much as I can. Um, because my version of support is going to be different than someone else's. Uh, my version of support is just putting all my thoughts out there and sharing everything that I can about what helps me and what's going on and, and how I'm continuing to live my life. I think a lot of people went into this very ambitiously, thinking like, all right, well, you know, now it's time to be inside. Maybe should I, maybe I should write that book now, or maybe I should write that album, work on music or whatever, or spend more time playing board games or something. And I think the biggest challenge and my personal biggest piece of advice for myself or for others is to manage those expectations that normal expectations just won't do right now. It's just not going to happen. Um, so, I know those who thrive on goals and achievement are probably going to be some of the ones that struggle the most right now because resting, genuine rest and emotional support and intense self-care is one of the biggest things we need right now. And the one of the big reasons for that is because, well, to put it bluntly, we have to handle our own shit right now, meaning it's everyone is in it together, meaning we can't project our shit onto other people right now. We can't expect mental health supporters to put us at the top of the line. Like doctors, nurses are doing everything they can to deal with actual cases and actual patients right now, which is why finding your own support around anxiety, around some of the things which you can control yourself through behavior change, through self-research, through support, peer support with each other <clears throat> is extra important. I'm talking so much, so my throat's getting dry. Um, taking, I'm going to take a swig real quick. 
<clears throat> okay. It's really hard. I haven't been talking a lot because I've been resting. <clears throat> there we go. That's the thing. I've been resting a lot, sleeping in a lot, letting my schedule be a little bit off, but sticking to some rhythms. And I think that's probably another thing is um, sticking to some sort of a rhythm. And rhythm doesn't mean routine in terms of getting work done and being productive, sitting at your computer all day, things like that. But rhythm in terms of like similar wake and sleep times, slim, similar bathing times, putting on pants, um, and being, you know, eating around the same time every day and, um, being conscious of not just letting yourself sink into the couch and, or sink into despair or dive into work or whatever. Um, I think, I think what I'm really trying to say there is it's really easy to consciously dive into one extreme as an avoidance tactic, whether that's to, uh, to, to just, you know, sink into the couch or, you know, any of those things I just described or indulge in emotional things or, um, dive into work too much. Uh, right now it's going to take deliberate energy to balance everything in all sorts of different directions, uh, that we need to be. So that means extra self-awareness of your bodily needs of your, you know, of drinking and eating and staying away from things that are going to be coping mechanisms like, like alcohol and, um, Porn, for example, porn can trigger a lot of things in our mind that are is not going to be healthy for certain regulation. And I'm not saying that like those things are ever bad in the long term, though people will definitely get addicted to those things. Um, I think I think using those things as a crutch is what is the the unhelpful thing here. Um, using those things as coping mechanisms, as replacements for allowing your thoughts and feelings to be what they are, to help you dictate how to change your behavior, right? So if you're stuck on the couch and feeling these terrible feelings about everything that's going on, um, it's not about avoiding those feelings, but like, what are those feelings telling you that you need to do next? And I don't mean productively, but I mean, like, are you needing to immerse yourself into a video game? Are you needing to immerse yourself into creating something? You know, is is creativity cathartic for you? Is And are you separating that from productivity? Do you need to be productive for a little while? That's fine. But again, any of those things are, you know, it's important to make sure those things don't necessarily take over your life right now because that balance is more imperative than, than ever before. So there's just so much going on in the world for me personally, I'm feeling, um, I'm definitely feeling anxious. I'm definitely feeling scared and worried. Um, I feel frustrated that, you know, we're probably going to have to go out for more groceries in about 10 days or so. And it's only going to get worse in 10 days right now in the U S. Um, and the reality of the situation is that this is not going to get better for months 
I'm not speculating on that. That's just the trajectory. We are still on the uptick. So anyone telling you this is going to be over in two weeks is lying to you. They're trying to make you feel better instead of looking at the reality of the situation. And while the intent of trying to make you feel better is is lovely, uh, when you're met with the reality of that, it's going to be incredibly disappointing. So it's important to find that balance of what is the truth versus like what is speculation. I think, um, I think again, there are a lot of people who are suffering. They're losing people. They're dealing with the unknown of what's happening out there. Some people are struggling to take it seriously. Some people are struggling to see it as a reality. Um, and it's important to know that all of these are coping mechanisms and for your own sense of peace. And for my own sense of peace, I've had to remind myself that these are coping strategies for everyone. These are things that everyone needs to feel as they are responding emotionally to what is going on in the world. Um, and that my, my emotional response has been to be passive. Um, I'm an INTP in the Myers-Briggs system and introverted sensing is the tertiary function that I have. And it's sort of responsible for a lot of my stress response. And it's also responsible for my sense of relief from that stress. So video games, uh, getting some good rest, eating some food, um, but not indulging too much, right? Getting an hour of video games, getting some good food, but not eating trash, um, making sure I'm taking care of my body, drinking water, things like that. So I would actually offer the idea that the thing that you're compelled to go towards to satiate the needs that you have is probably something you need a version of a little bit of. So let's say you go towards alcohol as an emotional relief from your thoughts. If you're trying to move your thoughts, if you're trying to change your thoughts or stop your thoughts, then I think the idea is you're trying to disconnect from reality, which could mean that it might be a good idea to watch movies or get into something that is surreal and different from reality. Something that is not, um, not usual and just allow yourself to be in that for an hour or two and you know find that's the way to get balance and really just think about what these things that you're indulging in like what is the root that you're trying to solve what is the problem you're trying to get away from and then instead of using these artificial things to bathe in it how can you get a little bit of that satisfaction in a healthy way that will allow you to still be a person, to be present, to be, um, you know, to, to not deny your humanity, because that's the challenge with being a cerebral human being is denying our humanity, uh, which is part of, which is our emotional experience. So it's tricky to make sure you're not just intellectualizing your emotions, to feel it, to be in it, but to not let it overcome you. And to kind of keep moving in a way, but not in a manic, keeping busy, keeping productive kind of way, but flowing from one feeling to the next, flowing from one thought to the next, from one idea to the next, from one uh, piece of enjoyment to the next, one social 
uh, aspect to the next and flipping between these things as you need to, um, you know, and if you've got some, some commitments you need to honor, finding ways to do that. Uh, but while still managing your own expectations, that's just probably the biggest thing I've been having to deal with is managing my own expectations throughout all of this. Um, and that's why I just decided to do what felt natural to me, which was to just talk about what's going on right now. Uh, not try to come up with some fancy, clever, um, side, uh, messaging that is related to what's going on right now, but isn't as direct about it. Um, I think being direct is my best strength. So that's just where I'm headed with this. So those are some of the key things that I've really been thinking about is it's okay for me to play video games. It's okay for me to be emotional. It's okay for me to express myself. It's not okay for me to attack anyone. It's not okay for me to make fun of someone's coping strategy or to um, poke at someone's coping strategy. Uh, and I think I think I'll wrap it up on probably one of the biggest things that I hope is one of the biggest takeaways as we move on from this eventually is is this focus on community. And I mean actual small community. It's really easy to create speculation about the big picture, about countries, nations, governments, things like that. But I feel like what is the most beneficial is focusing on local community and connection, your family, your friends. Who do you want to spend the most time with? Um, and then thinking about how to expand and contribute slowly outwardly from there, like getting involved in a local co-op when things get back to normal instead of supporting uh, a local grocery chain that's national all the time. And I don't mean that as an anti-capitalism thing. I mean that as like every once in a while, go to the big stores or go to the small stores. Like, again, it's about shifting between things. It's not an extreme to an extreme. I'm hoping that's one of the things that we can kind of take from this is like finding ways to like focus and not have to go to these extremes all the time. Um, you know, that instead of going to Applebee's, we go to a local restaurant and sometimes you can still go to Applebee's. If that's the option, that's fine. Um, you know, support the little picture and the big picture. Um, but I'm hoping we can focus a little bit on the smaller local picture a little bit, our local governments getting to know our local, um, our mayors and our, you know, Congress people and all this stuff, right? I don't, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> like, that's what I want to do. That's my own self-assignment. Um, getting involved in local art, uh, going to art shows, uh, supporting local restaurants, uh, you know, and not just like going to them and then bragging about them on Twitter, but like going to them and getting to know them and getting to know people who go to them and um, being immersed in the community. I think it's, I think it's amazing for people to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And I think that starts in to out. And that's just my perspective that it starts with the people you're closest to and then who they're connected to and then who they're connected to. And then getting to know the community, getting to know people who are doing things in the community, positive things, support them, support each other. And that trickles up to the big picture of supporting, you know, nations and bigger chains and, um, 
you know, if, if we are basically the one thing that I'm trying to say here is that if we're setting a better example of how local communities are and what we want from each other, from local communities, you know, bigger companies that support things on a national level will think of things in that sense as well. And not just think of humans as this disconnected thing that we can allow to do, you know, we can just do whatever we want with as long as it leads to profits. Again, that's not an anti-capitalism thing. That's just a finding more ways to make humans more human kind of way. And I think that's the sort of fortunate byproduct of all of this that I'm hoping will be a fortunate byproduct of all of this is a empathy uh, for humanity, for people's coping styles, for what we need to do to care for each other, that focusing on each other's like local needs and community needs is good for our mental health. It is good for us to know what we can control and how we can behavior change because a lot of our panic on Twitter, on Facebook and social media and the big picture is, is so much about creating a villain out of something we can't control and looking at this big bad that is like ruining us where we have so many little local freedoms. Um, I want to read Viktor Frankl's The Meaning of Life. I haven't read it yet, but his situation was that he was uh, 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 taken in Nazi Germany and he was a, a prisoner, um, as, as far as I understand the story. And he, through that, he found what he could control and still was able to keep his humanity intact and his sanity intact through understanding what he could control, which was starts with himself and his own consciousness. And from there expands to who he can support, what he can actually control. And I think if we find ways to keep focusing on what we can control, which in my case is extreme and intense self-care, um, focusing on making sure that I shower, I don't smell too bad, making sure Molly's okay, making sure she's fed, making sure I'm fed, making sure I get enough water, um, you know, making sure we get enough playtime to like play music or create stuff um, to put out podcasts and put out videos, um, but not put pressure on ourselves to enjoy weird conspiracy theory documentaries because it's fun <laughs> and uh, just do the best that we can to make it through this moment so that when we leave here, that we're not leaving and walking out the door, looking down at our phone and typing how happy we are on Twitter, but going to our local art gallery or restaurant or meeting place or park and being able to hug our friends again and say that we love them and we're so glad to see them and we appreciate them and we want to spend more time with them because I think that's the thing that we can hopefully gain a lot of insight from with this is how much we miss our communities, our people, and we can be stronger communities and stronger people as a result of this. So yeah, life will never be the same, but it's up to us to define how whether basically it's up to us to define if same is going to be a good thing or a bad thing or wait, no, hold on. Yeah. It's up to us to define. <laughs> I was, I was trying to be all like, like a uh, professional and fantastic about that, but I'm totally screwed that up. Uh, I'm going to try to say that again <laughs> and wrap this up. Um, it's up to us to define if different 
it's up to us to define if the new world that we're going to walk into when all of this is over, it's up to us to define if different is going to be a good thing or a bad thing. All right. So I appreciate you guys for listening to this show. Um, this probably, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this was as emotionally heavy as I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm just kind of like sharing my thoughts around things. I'm not as intensely emotional about everything as I suppose I thought I was. I've been working really hard to make sure that, um, I'm protecting myself against that. Like I'm getting to know how my brain is reacting when I'm looking at news for too long. And, and I I think I'm doing okay at managing that. And I hope you're doing okay at managing that too. And if you need any further advice, you can call into this show, uh, there's a, there's a link in the description of this show where you can leave a voice message. Happy to share it on the air or not. And I'll answer your question um, and all of that stuff. We just passed 1,800 subscribers on YouTube. So if you'd love to follow us there, youtube.com slash dopamine TV. Um, I want to send a shout out to our patrons, patreon.com slash dopamine, to Molly Owens, uh, Calvin Eaton, and Jay, who have just been really great and supportive to the show uh you can also become a patreon supporter at patreon.com slash dopamine um and i'm also working on a profiling session a profiling chat bot so if you're trying to learn your myers-briggs personality type uh it's in beta right now so i'm not um, I'm still working out some kinks but if that's something you'd like to do you can go to dopamine.life and there's a pop-up that will come out and you click that and it'll show up as a chatbot in your messenger. The idea is it's a conversational personality test. So it's something that is going to help you figure out your personality through what's supposed to be a casual conversation. But again, it's in beta. So I'm still working out the conversational kinks, making sure it's accurate. Um, and it's meant to mimic a profiling session. So the idea there is that Um, Usually when I do a profiling session with someone, there's a couple parts. It's an interview. It's a uh, a verification session, then an explanation. It's supposed to kind of mimic that process uh, to be thorough. So it's about making sure that you are in control of determining your personality type. This is not me just saying your personality type to you, but we're going to explain it to you. And then you get to say like, yeah, that makes sense. That resonates. And if it doesn't, you get to go back and retake parts of the test to make sure that everything lines up. Right? So that's what I think is interesting about this. I'm hoping that it makes sense. I hope it's something you'll go check out. So if you go to dopamine.life, you can go check that out um, by clicking the link on the pop-up. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little all over the place in terms of things that I'm working on and covering and what I want to like, push right now, but, um, there's options for you. I'm not pushing anything in particular, uh, at the moment, but the big thing right now I'm working on is the chat bot. So I appreciate you guys. That's giving me something to think about and focus on, um, throughout all of this. And, um, you know, I'm just tinkering with it. So, you know, maybe that's something that'll take your mind off of things for a little while and we can open a dialogue, open the conversation. If you want to connect with me at Let's Go C Note on all the social channels, you totally can. I am accessible. Um, I'm protective of my time, so I have more asynchronous conversations. But if we get into like coaching types of things, we can work on that too. Um, I think that's it. I think that's everything. I'm going to eat my food because it's getting cold while I've been talking. Um, Molly went out to the post office, so hopefully she's okay. I'm going to like spray her down when she walks in the door. Um, 
but we've been doing a good job of trying to make sure that we're like social distancing. We are uh, washing our hands thoroughly. We're keeping our apartment clean. Um, and we're just doing the best we can and not drive each other crazy. Um, we love each other a ton, so that's not really hard, but it's important to make sure that if you are with a partner to not drive each other nuts, that allow, allow each other some space, uh, have your own designated areas and spaces and, uh, give yourself room to breathe because breathing, I think is one of the most important things we can do right now. So with all of that said, um, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I, I hope you're, you're okay. I hope you're healthy. I hope your family's health healthy, uh, wishing you all the best. Um, if you need some genuine support, there are, uh, I know New York state, I don't know if other places are doing, um, volunteer mental health professional guidance. Um, but I would look into your state's website. They might have something related to, uh, mental health services that are available on a volunteer basis that you can go and call and get some advice from a mental health professional. Cause I am not one of those, um, as to how you can, you can better handle some of what's going on right now. So, um, I'm having a hard time letting you go because I feel like there's so much more to always talk about, but maybe that'll come in the next episode. So, uh, take a breath, you know, hug the people that you're with, uh, continue to social distance and uh, do the best you can. That's all. I love you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya.